another episode of Untrue Crime, where fiction meets felonies. I'm Belle DeWing. And I'm Alexandria Parker. Today's episode includes a content warning for alcohol use. This is your fair warning that this podcast uses explicit language before someone walks in at the wrong time. As a last warning, today's episode includes alcohol use. Let's get this started, shall we? We shall. 20 realms, 35 livable planets. To the average person from our singular world, this may seem like a jarring phrase, but I can assure you, to the realm folk, it is simply life. The United Realms of Twenty is an agreement amongst these worlds, a century-long-held peace treaty between them. This alliance has not erased the existence of individual worlds and countries, but with each one being allied with the others, travel between them is instantaneous, nearly erasing the existence of borders. As normal as airports are to us, it is normal for them to go to the portal hub to travel between vastly different universes and planets. You know what this sounds like? What? Star Wars. Do not speak to me of that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please go on. (laughs) The United Realms of 20, URT for short, is one with more magic than imaginable, as each realm has its own laws, own rules, and own forms of it. There are nearly limitless possibilities, limited only by the birth realm of the beings. However, magic does not replace technology, but in fact enhances it. Phones, trains, broadcasts, and submarines exist in their worlds as well. What we have, they have. What we can only wish to have, their magic, their engineering has found a substitute for. I'm a big fan of trains and submarines. Me too. I think they are underappreciated. Did you know that there's a train that goes from the Netherlands to London, sorry, the Netherlands, the Netherlands, the Netherlands, to London, through the under, yeah, in the underground tunnel thing under the English yeah. Channel, yeah, it's excellent. I'm so afraid of it. I want to go on it. I I'm gonna have to go on it at least once, and I I, I understand want feel, that. I want to feel the crushing weight of the idea that the ocean is above me. I from what I've heard, it is. Not much of a difference, and you can't see outside, so it's just dark. No, but I have the knowledge that the ocean is above me, and it will remind me of my own mortality to keep me humble. Awesome. Today, we're visiting the realm of Skaturik. There are many unique races that reside here naturally, but within the unity, others are welcome to live amongst them so long as they can integrate into their built societies. Skaturik is best known for its castles, clocks, and size. In the sky, on the land, built into the trees, underwater, in caves, on clouds, their cities, their towns are ginormous, magical castles. Their world is thrice the size of Earth, and their days are 70 hours long, their years 400 days long. For us, that's just over three years. All of this is going to be in Earth time, just so we're all aware. I understand that they have a different concept of time than us. That's handy for me, as I use Earth time. Me too, that's crazy. What a, what a quinky dink. I will also say that I did not include it in here. They are all on the same time. They have a pole on their planet that marks when a day passes, so they all use the same clock, no matter where they are in the world. Wonderful. Time zones are difficult and confusing. So they do, they do not use time zones. Though our New Year's celebrations are to be marveled at, they do not compare to the five-day celebration of the Skitsorek New Year. Beginning on the second to last day of the year, it completes on midnight of the third day of the New Year. The first day of the New Year celebration is a reflection of the past year. 
It is typically spent with those the person loves most, reminiscing on what the past year has brought them. Presents on the first day of the New Year's celebration are typically reminders of the past year. The second day of the New Year's celebration is split into two halves. The first half of the day is spent preparing for the new year. Vision boards, planners, and calendars come out. Presents are exchanged, and one gives another something that they would find to be useful for them in the upcoming year. The second half of the day is a long, extravagant party. Parades occur, fireworks are sent to the sky, there's not a quiet place in Skaturik on the second half of New Year's Eve. This builds until the new year begins. They continue partying until halfway into the third day of New Year, which is then spent resting. The present of this day is to aid that rest. I have a question. Yeah, what's up? So they party for, like, days straight? Like, a full day, technically, but they do rest in between them, where it's- they're not partying straight. You're not expected to stay up for 70 hours. Okay, I wasn't sure if they were able to do that, like, on their planet and their species or whatever. No, the people- ah, well, there's only one type of people that are- interesting about it but no they do they do rest it's just that they'll okay. rest in like a quieter place the parties okay. still continue there's just parties going on constantly got it they're all overlapping it's just people are, are jamming all the time essentially so when someone goes to bed another like three other people wake up yeah okay the fourth day of new year is a goodbye to the past year a remembrance to the last year the gift of this day is an item that helped them in the past year, so the person that receives the gift may also experience ease in this area. It's typically re-gifted, I'd like to say that as well, where sometimes the gift that you got at the end of the last, well, at the beginning of the last new year becomes your gift to someone else. They're all about recycling. The last day of the new year, the fifth day, is spent looking forward. It is a day to spend with family, a day that is spent speaking of their hopes and dreams for the next year. The final gift of this day is a promise for the upcoming year to another person. It can be delivered at any time during the year, but it is very, very rude not to follow through on a New Year's promise. Some even bond themselves to the promise, setting a magical consequence to happen should they not complete it. As anyone would be able to see, this is not only a joyous period of time for the beings of Skuturik, but a very important one. Considering New Year's is happening this week, that sounds so fun. I would love to do that. In Isn't tradition, it so exciting? I promise you that this year... Keep in mind, they have three Earth years to do their promise. We have one. Well, I only have one, I've, so I've got to make it on a... Well, they don't even, they don't even have... No, they have three Earth years. I did the math, where it's with their 70-hour days and their 400 days in a year. It is... 3.1 years approximately so okay. you're gonna have to pick something a little less big than their size i promise to call you there you go there you go i can do that i, I know i can I do that within a year write an episode <laughs> of untrue crime oh my god perfect promises we've done it that and I know I won't get any magical consequences for that because A, well, we can't magic isn't real here. And B, I know that I will be calling you as I call you on a weekly exactly. basis. So. Exactly. Sometimes, oh, Actually, well, more than that. We say we weekly, call, but we mean we call, like we tri-weekly. We have our scheduled, we have a scheduled call that we have and we spend together every single week. But we also end up calling each other throughout the week at other and times we record. too. Because... We, and we record on true crime. So we actually end up spending a lot of time together. We're Which very, is a good very involved. Yes. 
were the bestest of queer platonic relationships. Yippee! Yay! <laughs> Our story takes place in the Drum Castillo, sitting atop the cloud. Drum Castillo. Drum Castillo. Drum Castillo. Castile. Castile. Drum Castile. Drum Castile. Drum Castile. Drum Castile. Okay. Exactly. I'm never gonna remember that past this sentence. That's okay. One of the most beautiful parts of the Drone Castile is its flying towers, which orbit around the castle, taking a very distinct path. Is one oh. if what? I just thought, I just think that's so nice. It is. They stop at the castle thrice during the day, and there's always direct warps if someone happens to be in a real pinch. Some of these are observatories, which pause during the nighttime for a closer look at the stars. The native people of the Drom Castile are Dromsfolk. Dromsfolk vary drastically in what they look like, but a typical description of them is unreal, at least to those that live outside of the Drom Castile. Slightly translucent, with their amounts of eyes varying from 1 to 5, they seem to fade in and out of existence, a natural blink occurring over them. This is because they are. Dromfolk have the unique ability to pass between Skitorik's dream plane and their reality, and often live in between these states. Time moves completely differently for them, as they often get to experience many lives at once. Other than shifting between realms, as well as disappearing for short periods of time, they are able to hover, they are very fast when focused, and their voices appear to surround whoever can hear them naturally, as they can only speak telepathically. You mentioned earlier that if a person couldn't fly, they could go to the thingy to move them. Can the, oh god, drum, drums folk fly? Yes, they can. So they don't walk, technically. They don't ever learn to. They only fly. They just hover. They're kind of like ghosts. Or oh, cool. pixies. Like, they're pixies without wings, kind of. Pixies land, I think. I think pixies have legs. They do, they do. So, no, they're, they're a completely unique being. They do, they fly. They blink in and out of existence. Well, it's not even existence. There's different planes. Okay. So, yeah, they, they right, float. I, with it. I believe they can also go through walls if they time it correctly, but if they don't time it correctly, they get stuck in the wall. Which like is tragic. In a bad for them. porn video? No, in like a. You know, when you were a kid and it was like if you fall against the wall in the exact right way, there's a 13 in a million trillion chance that you could become part of the wall. No, I was the child that told other children that Santa wasn't real. Oh. Well, I guess that's good considering our Christmas episode. Yeah. Thank goodness. So they kind of just get stuck in the wall, and then they whine about it until they can get out of the wall. Sometimes emergency okay. services do have to get called. Okay. Dromfolk often worship the deity Huir as their primary figure of worship, the goddess of time, as their concept of time is often skewed by their appearance in, in and out of the dream world. It should be noted that like all beings resident to Skitorik, they do have a natural shimmer, a slight glow that follows them around as a short, approximately two-foot-long trail. Like magic dust. Like pixie dust. I, I will say that in other areas of Skitorik, it's, it's, it's a... It's a realm trait this is just something mm -hmm. that they all share they all glow and they all shimmer and they all have this their footprints will be left and like they're in sand but with their sparkles until they walk like oh, five cute. feet away from them but they don't the drone folk fly 
So they, so they are not applied. So you can just see their trail in the air, and then when they disappear, you can see where they last were, and then they'll reappear, like, sometimes where they were, sometimes where they were not. The being that we're following today is called Sorelia, who is a grown drone folk with a tighter grip on reality than some others. She was somewhere between pink and purple, with three eyes, and often preferred the neutral plane to the dream plane. She had a partner, Osira. This year was Osira's first time celebrating a Schizoraikian New Year, as she immigrated Pedophilia. from another realm. What? No, immigration, apparently. Okay. I was like, what do you mean it's her first New Year and she has a partner? As she immigrated Who's from another realm just after last year's festivities. Thank goodness. No, Osiris just from another realm. She's just different. She's happy to live there, though. She does like it there. The two live in a community levitating tower with a few friends who they plan to celebrate New Year's with, the most notable being Soray, who Sorelia had known since she was a kid. The two used to room together before Asira came along, but since then, they just live very literally next door to each other. Let me present you with the first timeline. <gasps> Love a good timeline. As drone folk need to spend at least equal, if not more, time in the dream state as in the reality state, it wasn't uncommon for them to take breaks of being in either realm throughout the day. But on New Year's Eve, almost every single being made sure that they'd be in the neutral plane for the biggest party of the year. Three hours before the New Year, she visited Osiris' dream plane to wake her, and the two greeted each other back in the neutral realm with a kiss. Osiris told her Happy New Year's, and the two headed out of their room to the living space, where their friends were getting the party set up again. Again... For the viewers, they do these parties, like, in sections, almost, because they have to rest. Especially the drone folk, who need to spend time in the dream plane. More so than other beings. She greeted the host, her best friend Saray, who asked for her help in hanging some of the last lights. She handed Saray her bag, said a quick see you later to Asira, and darted off to help. The party was revitalized in just about an hour when they opened the roof to show off the magic flying through the air, the showcase that was happening over top the castle. She quickly excused herself to dress in her best for the start of the new year, as it was tradition to look your best to start off the year right. There was an old wives tale that claimed that it would bring the people that did it beauty for the coming year, and who was one to turn it down? The party, filled with alcohol, games, magic, and memories, cut the chaos and gathered together just before the clock turned. People began to count down until the year turned. Sorelia switched her champagne to one hand, pulled Asira in with the other, hovering just next to her. As the time switched to the next day, she kissed her partner, and the beings around her shouted, Happy New Year. When Sorelia pulled away and opened her eyes, the buzz from the alcohol that she had drunk had disappeared. Osira smiled at her sweetly, told her Happy New Year's. Her eyes darted around the room, attempting to figure out where she was, only to find that she was in her own room again. Well, her room with Asira, of course. Osira questioned if she was alright, and Sorelia stared at her, confused. Had she been in a dream state this whole time? Drone folk could occasionally receive prophecies, but she had never been able to decipher what was or what wasn't a prophecy before it actually happened. It took a very trained eye to do so, so maybe she was just seeing the future. She shook her head off, gave a lame excuse as per the dream realm, skewing her perception of time again, and the two laughed it off. Sorelia shook off the feeling as she was so accustomed to doing, and headed out to the living space where their friends were getting the party set up again. She greeted Saray, who asked her for help hanging some of the last lights. She handed Saray her bag, said a quick see you later to Osira, and darted off to help. The party was revitalized in just about an hour. When they opened the roof to show off the magic flying through the air, the showcase that was happening over top the castle, she excused herself to dress in her best for the start of the new year, as it was traditional to look your best to start the new year off right. 
the party cut the chaos and gathered together just before the clock turned. People began to count down until the year turned. Sorelia switched her champagne to one hand, pulled Syra in with the other, hovering just next to her. As the year switched over, she kissed her partner, and the beings around her shouted, Happy New Year. When Sorelia pulled away and opened her eyes, the buzz from the alcohol that she had drunk had disappeared, and Osiris smiled at her sweetly, telling her Happy New Year's. Mm-hmm. This time, she jumped away from her partner, who questioned again if she was okay. Sorelia stared at her, dumbfounded, before taking in her surroundings. She was back to their room. Sorelia asked Osiris if she had already done this, but Osiris simply questioned what she was talking about. She told her that they should be getting to the party to help out soon, and went to the door. Sorelia looked around her once again. Everything seemed to be in the same place as the first time she had seen it, which felt like six hours ago at this point. She excused herself, switched to the dream plane, and quickly explored around to see if she could find a culprit. No dream that she visited, no central hub that she could find, no one seemed to be playing a sick trick on her. She, once again, convinced herself that she simply must have been experiencing something in a land of no consequence. Sorelia was very in touch with the neutral realm, but she wasn't the most fantastic as it, no drone folk was. She returned to the neutral realm, and Osiris once again asked her if she was alright. She dismissed it, calling herself crazy, and followed her out to revitalize the party. I'm a little bit confused about all of these planes and what they mean, and what is happening. So, you have your realms, which are different universes, essentially. Consider those, you know, how we go to different universes in all of Untrue Crime. Imagine if five of those lived in the same place, and they could just go between one another. Those have different worlds in them. Those are the realms. At the start of the podcast, you said there's 20 realms. There are, yes. Okay. These are planes. So when you go to sleep, you're technically in a dream plane, because it's a plane somewhere between the highest plane and the neutral plane, which is where existence happens. So the the neutral plane is just regular old life. Dream plane is when you're asleep. You mentioned another plane. It was called the land of no consequence. That is the dream plane, because there is no consequence in a dream. Oh, okay. So they're they're the same thing. Okay, so she thought that she was, like, dreaming, so she was trying to see if she was dreaming. Exactly, because drone folk switch between them so often, they kind of live in an in-between state that it was like, maybe this was just weird. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm misinterpreting. And she said that someone could have been playing a trick on her, so she thought yeah. that they were just messing her with her dream. Her dreams could have been altered, because everyone has their own, like, dream plane that's technically okay. created when you fall asleep. Which is why she was able to visit her partner's dream plane because drone folk are able to go between them and they have central hubs. It's a different word. It's a different plane okay. for them, but it's one that they can move about freely. So she was seeing. So she just thought hey, someone man. was tampering with her dream to like fuck. With Essentially, her. yeah. Okay. She greeted Saray, who asked for her help in hanging some of the last lights, just like the last two times that she had been here. Sorelia hesitantly handed Saray her bag, gave Asira a kiss, and scanned her surroundings more thoroughly this time around as she helped hang up the lights. She made note of where everyone was, what everyone was doing. She watched Osira walk off with Saray to another room. She listened to a conversation with some others nearby. They were discussing who was going to win one of the games that they were going to play that night. The party was revitalized in just about an hour when they opened up the roof to show off the magic flying through the air, the showcase that was happening over top the castle. Sorelia grabbed Osira and asked if she'd come with her to change. Of course, Osira agreed, and the two walked to the restroom. 
She asked if her outfit was really the outfit that she looked best in, and if Osira thought that she should change. Osira agreed that the outfit was what she looked best in and helped her get changed. She refreshed her makeup, and the two returned to the party. Keeping Osira firmly at her side the whole night, she did not drink as she wanted to take it all in. The boy won the game that he said he was going to. No drinks were tampered with, but they were taken from a general container. The party was normal. It was exciting. It was larger than life. The party was filled with alcohol, games, magic, and memories. The chaos was cut, and the party gathered together just before the clock turned. People began to count down until the year turned. She looked around her and switched Osira to standing in front of her. As the year switched over, she hesitantly kissed her partner as the beings around her shouted, Happy New Year. When Sorelia pulled away and opened her eyes, Osira smiled at her sweetly and told her Happy New Year's. No! I'm so glad you're so invested. That was so genuine. <laughs> she did up. She tried to change it. She was not surprised this time. She told Osira that she was stuck in the following three hours. Osira, of course, laughed and kissed her once more. She told her that her humor was part of why she'd marry her one day. Sorelia took Osira by the shoulders, looked at her with all three of her eyes, and told her again that she was in a time loop, that she didn't know how to get out or what was keeping her there. She told her that she was being dead serious and pleaded with her to believe her. Osira fell silent for a few seconds and responded with a simple, Okay, how can I help? Sorelia took a moment to compose herself before she asked Osira to go about everything as usual but report everything back to her. The two went out of their shared room. Sarai greeted them both, asked Sorelia to help. Sorelia handed her back to Sarai, said a quick see you later to Osira, and darted off to help. The boy, once again, rightfully claimed that he would win the competition. She watched Osira follow Sarai. The party was revitalized in just about an hour when they opened the roof to show off the magic flying through the air, the showcase that was happening over atop the castle. She excused herself to get into her best wear, and Osira came with her, recounting what had happened while she was away. Osira claimed that everything seemed normal. When she had gone with Sarai, they'd had a polite conversation about her and Sorelia's relationship. Sorelia pressed for more information for exact details, but Osira said that she couldn't come up with anything. She'd had mm. a drink at that point, so that was a logical conclusion. A drink. A drink. Mm. She got dressed, put her makeup on, and the two returned to the party. The party, filled with alcohol, games, magic, and memories, cut the chaos and gathered together just before the clock turned. People began to count down until the year turned. Sorelia looked at Osira and told her that this was usually where it cut off. The two waited. As the time switched to the next day, the beings around her shouted, Happy New Year! The party continued. Yes! Sorelia lit up and told Osira that she was out of the loop and kissed her partner. When Sorelia pulled away and opened her eyes, Osira smiled at her sweetly and told her Happy New Year. No! <laughs> she cried out in distress, which Same. worried her partner. Yeah. She, once again, told her that she was stuck in a time loop. Osira laughed. She sat on the bed, buried her head in her hands, and began to cry. She continuously repeated that this wasn't a joke, that she was stuck and she didn't know why. Osira, at this point, came to her to apologize. She held her until she stopped crying and asked her to explain everything that had happened thus far, how many loops that she had made. Sorelia explained everything in as much detail as she could through frustration and pain of doing this over and over again. Osira pointed out that the loop only ended when she kissed her, not when the year turned. The last loop to Sorelia's description hadn't ended at the new year, it was when they kissed. The kiss was the turning point, not the new year. Perhaps they needed to change the order in which they did things. It was impossible for them not to attend the party, as people would come to get them, then question what was wrong with them upon seeing that there was nothing really wrong with them. 
Sorelia asked Osira if she would not leave Sarai this time, if she would tell her what was discussed in perfect detail. They agreed to regroup after that. The two walked out. Sarai greeted them and asked Sorelia to help with the lights. She handed Osira her bag, said a quick see you later to Osira, and left to help. She watched them go. She heard the boy rightfully claim that he was going to win. Osira returned and the two regrouped so Sorelia could change. She told Sorelia that if the time loop was some sick joke to cut it now and Sorelia swore on her life that it wasn't. Osira told her that she had been planning to propose on the fifth day of the New Year's and had told Sarai this when they were walking. Sarai seemed fakely excited for them. She continued by saying that Sarai had never been unkind to her but she had never gone out of her way to help her. She quoted that she did not feel threatened by her, but she did feel as though she might have had underlying feelings for Sorelia. Sorelia took in the information as she got dressed and asked if she had been asked to leave. She had been, but Osira, as asked, had stayed. She only left when Sarai had to change and then immediately came to get her. With the current information, the two decided that they were not going to drink or eat anything, that they were just going to keep to themselves for the night. They would watch each other like hawks. If anything of note happened, they'd point it out. With their pact underway, they left the party. The party, filled with alcohol, games, magic, and memories, magic and, memories. and gathered together okay. just, before just before the, before clock, the clock, turned. clock turned. The boy won his game. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Sorelia did not kiss Osira as the clock struck New Year's, as the beings around her shouted, Happy New Year. Happy New Year! Without the kiss, they didn't reset. Osira was right. The kiss was the reset, so why couldn't they kiss? What was wrong that was making clearly, them stay in this time loop? Clearly, it's the second kiss. They kissed earlier, so something, and it didn't reset their time. So if a kiss between them is what's resetting it, it has to be something between the first kiss and the second kiss. I have a hunch, exactly. Okay, I would okay. like to tell you about it. I think that Sarai hears about this engagement and is like, I'm gonna fuck with them and like casts a little magic spell when she's going to change and on the next kiss that they share, which is no no good because if they can't kiss, that's really unfortunate because they can't just not kiss for the rest of the time, you know? Okay. They're in love. That's my hunch. That's my guess. That's a really good Submitted. theory. Thank you. Okay. Sorelia told Osira that she wanted to do it one more time. She needed to figure out why they couldn't kiss. She was going to have to follow them and listen in on their conversation. She asked Osira to tell her everything about the planned proposal so when she woke up again, she would be able to prove that she had been in a loop without having to plead. Osira shared, as well as teaching Sorelia how to tell her, in Osira's native language, that she was in a time loop. This was something that Sorelia would not be able to know without Osira. It was a code that could technically travel through time. Sorelia told her that she would fix it. Asira told her that she knew. She told her that she'd kiss her over and over again when they were able to. They kissed. And Sorelia pulled away and opened her eyes. Pulled away and opened her eyes. They told her, Happy New Year! Happy New Year's. (laughs) (laughs) Sorelia began to tell her that she was in a time loop and recited back to her the proposal plans that she had told her in the fifth repeat. Osira understood and the two sat down to plan. She told her that she needed to have a conversation with Sarai, as the only piece of the puzzle that they had not been able to see the entire time was Sarai at a few given moments. With a quick agreement that Osira would keep Sarai from seeing her, the two walked out. Sarai greeted I wonder if Sar- she asked them to help her with the drinks. The lights. That was sarcasm. 
you yeah. actually have completely missed the mark on that one. No, that was it's on purpose. I, I meant oh, okay. to say the drinks because it's, it's always the lights. It's always the lights. You've told me about five times about the lights. Yeah, it is the so. fifth time. This is actually the I got sixth it. time that you're hearing about the lights. Oh, the sixth time I've heard about the lights. And yet I'm going to read it again. Ready, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready. Tell me about the lights. Did she ask for <laughs> help with them? You've... Holy, holy moly. Holy shit. You have- this is the best theory you've ever given me. Cracked the fucking code. Sarai greeted them and asked Sorelia to help with the lights. Mm -hmm. She handed Osira her bag, said a quick see you later to her, and darted off to help. She stayed by the ceiling, watching the two of them walk off before using her speed to quickly follow behind them. When they entered the door to the restroom, she waited for Osira to walk out and she slipped in. She hid behind the hallway wall, staying as still as she could, making sure that her mind was empty. Again, they communicate telepathically. She slowly looked around the corner, hovering just above the ground, watching as Sarai unlocked her locker. Sarai's locker or Sorelia's locker? Sorelia's locker. Okay. Sarai took her bag out and fished her lip gloss from it. It was at this point that Sorelia pulled her cell phone out and began recording. She put it on the counter, keeping her bag over her shoulder. She took a small vial out of her own bag and put two drops into the lip gloss and recited a complex spell. Nice! Sorelia I got you it! You got it. You actually, you got it. I'm really I impressed. got it! That's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. I knew I didn't trust her from the start. I put her that way. You're, you you got it. Yeah, no, she was- did. That's why I mentioned that they had previously lived together. Sorelia watched as her best friend hexed the lip gloss to kill the next person that she kissed. <gasps> she ended the recording, slipped back out, and asked- Yeah. So it was- What? It, it was- to be the kiss of death. She, so the next Wait, person I that, thought it was a kiss of time loop! Hold on. Let me get to the next paragraph. Okay, okay. Sorelia watched as her best friend hexed her lip gloss to kill the next person that she kissed. She ended the recording, slipping back out, where Osira asked her if she had found anything. Sorelia kissed her. There was no loop. <laughs> How relieved are you to not hear that Sorelia pulled away and Osira smiled at her sweetly Smiled sweetly and said, Happy New Year! <laughs> I'm very relieved. She thanked Harir for the time to learn and kissed Osira as many more times as she could within a minute before dragging her away. She told her not to go near Sarai. She would not put on her lip gloss. She would kiss her at midnight and see if the loop would reset. She went to help with the lights. The boy was claiming his win. The party was revitalized in just about an hour when they opened the roof to show off the magic flying through the air as the showcase that was happening over top the castle. She quickly excused herself to dress in her best for the start of the new year as it was tradition to look your best to start the new year off right. She did not put her lip gloss on. The party, filled with alcohol games, magic, and memories, cut the chaos and gathered together just before the clock turned. People began to count down until the year turned. Sorelia pulled Asira in, heart thumping. As the time switched to the next day, she kissed her partner as the beings around her shouted, Happy New Year. She pulled away, and the party continued. Thank God. <laughs> Sorelia kissed Asira over and over, beginning to cry about how it was over. She understood why it was looped. It was not a curse, it was a blessing. Osira was safe. She was still here. She wasn't in their bedroom explaining it to her all over again. They were safe. They were both safe and they could live their lives together so long as Sorelia got to law enforcement as soon as possible. She took Osira to her bedroom, made the call, and within the half hour they were there. With the video that Sorelia gave, they had enough reasonable evidence to arrest Sarai. Sarai later was prosecuted for attempted murder and given jail time. Osira proposed, Sorelia accepted, and both implemented a restraining order against Sarai for when she got out. The world did not repeat. It did not stop.
life continued in both the plane of the reality as well as the plane of dreams. Wait a minute. I still don't understand why it looped instead of killing her. It looped because the god interfered. That's why I stated at the beginning that they all worshipped this one god, the god of time, because their oh, the guy whose name was H. Yeah, that's a goddess. Oh, so the goddess, the goddess interfered to give her time to figure it out because she was the goddess of time. Okay. So the goddess of time wanted to give Osira a life and made sure that they would be able to live one together. Okay. All right. I understand now. Yes. And as their lives continue, so do ours. There will be no time loops in our lives either. Thank God. God. Well, New Year's in a few days. We'll see. That is all for today. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to untruecrimethepodcast at gmail.com. I have a question. Yeah, what's when up? Did we change, say, when did we change from thoughts, theories, questions, and comments to comments, questions, and suggestions? I have no idea, but I guess that it, that's, that's just the ending I keep copying and pasting. Well, there's a, there's a master doc that says the always script. I just make a copy of that every time and just type okay. on that. Start doing that. Have... <laughs> okay, we'll do. And leave this conversation in the podcast so okay, everyone we'll knows do. that we have a master doc. For a chance to be featured at the end of season Q and A, Happy New Year's and we Happy will New see Year's. Next week. She opened her eyes and Osiris kissed her sweet. <laughs> <laughs>